Welcome to Choate's Litigation Updates, a podcast series hosted by our trial attorneys covering current litigation strategic issues in life sciences, financial services, healthcare, consumer products, and private equity. In the second podcast in this series, we discussed the legal risks surrounding the use of ad tech tools like Google Analytics and Facebook Pixel, uh, ranging from class action lawsuits to regulatory actions to criminal investigations and to potential HIPAA violations. What we want to talk about in this podcast are ways that companies and other institutions can reduce those risks. Joining me for this discussion are Christine Savage, my partner at Choate, who co-chairs our healthcare practice, and Jim Vint, managing director at global consulting firm Secretariat. I want to start with a question for Christine. Christine, how are companies thinking about changing their governance frameworks around website technology to address these risks? Thanks, Adam. Well, many companies, whether they're in healthcare, finance, or in other spheres of influence, are now taking a round turn on how decisions are made and by whom as to what web tools are being placed on their websites. In the healthcare space in particular, there's been a widespread recognition, I think, over the last several months that the marketing and advertising arms of their organizations and their vendors weren't in regular contact with whether it be legal, the privacy office, compliance, or even IT or IT security when it came to the deployment of these tools and the fact that they might implicate HIPAA or state-defined personal information laws. Some companies in response to that are setting up formal committees that are having regular meetings, Others are simply imposing new requirements that marketing and advertising agreements get pre-approved by various departments. Still others are now locking down their websites and not allowing the use of any outside tools to be placed on the website by anybody other than internal staff, and even then only with prior specific approval of a website governance committee. In other instances, we see a number of clients who are now looking for ad tech vendors who are willing to sign business associate agreements which notably Facebook and Google have stated they will not do. But on the whole, there's really just been a shift to being more proactive about website management. Companies are getting to know the mechanics behind their websites in greater detail, the reviewing default settings and privacy options, deliberating more about how they want individuals to engage with their website, and then working to communicate, educate, and train their employees about the regulatory environment. Turning to Jim now, Jim, what can companies do technically to help them understand what ad tech tools are on their websites and what data those tools are sharing with third parties like Google and Facebook? Well, Adam, a key point in answering this question is for organizations to note that these technologies continue to mature in their features and functionality. Most security assessments are covered under pen testing, which is protecting the organization from unwanted inbound attacks. Additional testing via a, quote, reverse pen test, can provide insight into what data is being captured and transmitted to third parties. Performing these tests on a periodic basis is more crucial as the evolution of these platforms speeds up, integration of tools continue, and enhanced feature functionality is deployed. This also introduces maintaining some visibility into the industry activity and trends for any governance committee addressing ad tech, as Christine just noted. Jim, is it possible to figure out what data these ad tech tools share with third parties before those tools are up and running on a website and actually sharing website user data with, you know, outside third parties? That's a great question. Uh, No one wants to test in a live environment, particularly if they are unsure what is actually occurring. Testing in a staging or pre-production environment can provide the right level of visibility into what is being shared 
from what parts of the website based on how a user might navigate the website. It's possible to safely capture and analyze what will happen once ad tech goes live from the comfort of this test environment. Typically, all that's needed is a test website, some fake information so you can identify what, if anything, being entered into forms is being transmitted. A tool like Fiddler, which captures data transmissions as a device connects to a web server, and the ad tech or tag manager container to be tested, ensuring that it only loads to this test environment. So this doesn't have to be and shouldn't be a guessing game. Christine, what about website privacy policies? Can those help reduce risk? And are the ones that most companies or institutions have in place now generally sufficient? Or could they benefit from some revision? So taking a look at what are sometimes very old website privacy policies is definitely an important step for entities to consider. As we talked about in the last podcast, the recent explosion of class action lawsuits that have alleged wiretap violations or unfair and deceptive trade practices, and in addition, the FTC enforcement actions, have really shown that these cases often focus on the language that companies have used and the representations that they make in their website privacy policies. You know, in fact, I think nearly every class action complaint that we've seen argues that the website privacy policy was somehow hidden, um, exaggerated, or just plainly misstated how information would be protected, or it failed to adequately and accurately describe how information might actually be shared with third parties. So from my perspective, ensuring that those policies accurately and transparently disclose how web tools are or may be used, how individuals can disable those tools or cookies, if at all, the information that might be shared with third parties, and then the safeguards that are in place to protect sensitive information are, are all things you know, worth making sure that your policy includes. And then making sure that if you have to protect that information from further disclosure by law, that you've either covered that in the policy or that you make sure that the policy isn't inconsistent with what the law requires. So to this point, we've been talking about reducing risk going forward, which is obviously important. But what should companies or institutions consider when thinking about the potential consequences of their past ad tech tool use? Yeah, so I think working with your internal IT team and outside forensic firms, you know, like the ones at Secretariat, as well as with internal and external ad agencies to try and assess what you're currently doing is probably the most important piece. And then depending on what you find, you know, that may cause you to want to take a retrospective look at how you've used tools in the past. Certainly looking at current use and historical use um, can implicate HIPAA or other data privacy laws and regulations, you know, even absent the OCR guidance that came out in December of 2022. Conducting a retrospective review you know, whether it's to determine if HIPAA, FTC, or state law breach notification rules have been triggered and, and how to navigate those notifications and the downstream consequences, you know, is an important consideration and, and one that we recommend that companies do in consultation with their privacy counsel in order to protect the underlying work product and analysis performed. But I don't think we would be telling everyone to carte blanche, go and look at everything that you did in the past. Again, this is, you know, an evolving regulatory framework and not every use of tools historically or currently is the same. There's no sort of one-size-fits-all answer to that. Thanks, Christine and Jim, for that discussion. And, and thank all of you for listening. For a deeper dive on the ad tech risks and risk reduction strategies we've touched on in these podcasts, please join Christine and I from Choate and Jim and his colleague Rebecca Patterson from Secretariat 
for a live webinar Wednesday, April 12th from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can register for this webinar using the link in this podcast description. For more information, please visit www.choat.com. You can also listen to additional podcast episodes in the newsroom of our website and subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. The information presented in this recording is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice for a specific situation. If you wish to obtain legal advice, you should retain an attorney and explain the facts of your particular situation 